Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And I want to say good morning to everybody. I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning, so we are live right now. Um, I'm actually uh, in my office. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I didn't put my green screen up or anything like that, man. So I'm sit actually just sitting behind a window. So that's one of the main reasons why I didn't want to be on camera. But I want to say thank you all so much uh, for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your day. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to everybody that checked out the uh, Super Bowl episode of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, got a few more views than we normally get. And also uh, special thanks to everybody that hit that like button and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Um, I ask that everybody uh, repeat that trend uh, if you are listening to the State of the Saints podcast right now live, go ahead and put that thumbs up. And if you're checking out the recording that uh, will you know be after this live, go ahead and hit that thumbs up too, man. We need those numbers up. We're trying to grow the State of the Saints podcast going into our fifth year. And um, I'm ready, man. I'm excited about this. But you know, uh, Who That Nation, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you know the NFL. I wanted to talk about the NFL because, you know, a couple of days ago, um, the Super Bowl happened, right? You know, we're about a day removed from the Super Bowl, or almost two days exactly. But, you know, we didn't really talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Shouts out to all the Deltas out there. <laughs> but, uh, no, we didn't talk about the elephant in the room. It was in a process. Uh, well, we were all just excited about the fact that Eli Apple, you know, got humiliated on the national stage after talking so much stuff. But, you know, we really didn't talk about some of the things that were so alarming uh, when it comes to uh, big games and then with the National Football League. Um, the National Football League, to me, has a problem. I'm going to say that again. The NFL, to me, has a problem. And the problem is, well, the problem is the, the NFL allowing these referees and these officials to be too involved in the game. And they are deciding the faith or the fate, the fate, that is, the fate of these teams. I mean, we looked at a game, Super Bowl 56, where they barely had any calls in a game. Like you had a fight on the sidelines. I mean, Aaron Donald, and I think I want to say Adana G, uh, the offensive lineman of the Cincinnati Bengals, going at each other, grabbing each other helmets. I did not see a flag at all. We seen T. Higgins rake the face of Jalen Ramsey obvious offensive pass interference now I know look, we're not getting any sympathy like the Rams don't get any sympathy from us when it comes to pass interference I understand that but it still happened right but they didn't call that it wasn't until the end when the Rams needed an opportunity it wasn't until the end where the Rams needed to score to win did we start to see some things happen we started seeing flags fly and, and the thing about it is, I don't know if, I don't know if they actually didn't call the pass interference on T. Higgins because they knew what was going to happen at the end, and maybe they felt like, well, if we don't call it, then, well, it's going to be, I don't know. At towards the end, we can just say, well, the Rams didn't get this call, right? Cincinnati didn't get this call, so it's fair play. I do feel like there is a level of manipulation uh, when it comes to the officiating. The Cincinnati Bengals 
were in a third down situation and they called the holding penalty, which was so, so flagrant. I mean, just so egregious, right? You know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about as far as him actually doing it, but I'm just talking about the flag itself. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. The dude did not even do anything to Cooper Cup in order for him to get the flag, but it gave the Rams an opportunity, half the distance of the goal, and to repeat a drive in order that they can they can actually win a game. <clears throat> and um, it, it just it's frustrating to me as a Saints fan that we're seeing these things happen. We seen it happen a couple of years ago in 2018. Yes, I'm going to talk about that. I mean, you can talk about what happened afterwards, but none of the things that would have happened afterwards would have happened if they didn't call that flag, if they would have threw the flag on uh, Roby Coleman or on Tommy Lee Lewis. There are so many plays that I can choose from that the NFL, the referees, are deciding the fate of these teams. And it also just kind of adds to what the heck is going on uh, in the National Football League, especially when you're talking about Brian Flores. Brian Flores has went out here and said that an owner was willing to give him $100,000 to throw games. So I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know about you folks. I, I'm sorry. Look, I may sound crazy to some, but I don't believe that a guy who understands his role as a black man and he understands that there are coaching jobs for black men, they are few and far in between. I don't feel like a man is just going to jump out the window and say something like that if he know that his career is indeed on the line for making those type of allegations. Now, can you prove them? And that that's that's like the gray area. Can you prove it? Okay, it's my word against yours. But I, me personally, don't feel like a guy is going to say something like that if it didn't happen. If they are giving $100,000 for you to throw games as a coach, do you think that the ref, uh, referees and the NFL can't orchestrate a roost? Seriously, I, I look, I understand people may think that I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I, I mean, I cannot believe my eyes in some of these cases. I mean, you can really honestly, truly say today that the Cincinnati Bengals were indeed robbed, especially based on how you was calling a game, right? It's like if you're watching a boxing match, right? You see a low blow or two, or you see an elbow, or you see something like that, and a referee don't call, they'd be like, oh man, well, look, look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this must gonna be like one of them things. I gotta, I gotta adjust to this. So they were letting these guys be physical all game. It wasn't until the last two minutes of the game that they started to throw flags, and the flags were in favor of the team that ended up winning. I just find that very, very weird. And I, I think that the NFL needs to address that because they're starting to be whispers. And the whispers are starting to get louder. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be to a point where people are going to feel like they're actually watching another version of WWE. And some people would say that the NFL already has licensed themselves as sports entertainment, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they license themselves as sports entertainment. So basically what we're seeing right now is you know sports entertainment i do not feel like it's the same way like while i'm watching wwe with vince mcmahon those matches are predetermined okay the the bumps and all that kind of stuff that they take you know they they it's physical but we they know when they go out there who is going to win and who's going to lose i can't say that about the players i'm not going to say the players are throwing games i'm not even going to go as far as say as the coaches throwing games but I do feel like referees and officials can dictate the game. They can dictate the game 
in basketball. They can dictate the game in football. And I don't know if they want to do that. You know, it's been times where a game seemed like it's going to get out of hand and then all of a sudden here comes the flag flying and it, it, it destroys the momentum. It destroys the momentum of the game. And we, we can say that momentum isn't real, but it is. And when you have a team that's rolling and then all of a sudden, like they start making plays, you start calling holding and you start calling all this ticket tax stuff in order to allow the other team to try to figure it out. It, you know, it, it happens. And like I said, I'm not, I don't want to say that the NFL is rigged. I, I want to say it. I don't want to say that it is, but I will say that you have these referees that are out here deciding the fate of the team. And I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they dictating it, but the Bengals had an opportunity to get the, the Rams off the field. And who knows? Who knows, folks? If they didn't call that third down, you know, on the linebacker, you know, who's to say that on fourth down they didn't make a stop? And this this would have been a completely different story. I mean, a running game of the Rams couldn't do a doggone thing. Um, you know, who knows? That's all I'm saying. You know, that's all I'm saying, man. It's just too much. It's just too much uh, involvement from the referees and the way that they were calling the game. It just made this thing look just so obvious. But I would love to hear from you. I'm going to go ahead and read some of your comments. Donald lined up over the line of scrimmage. I mean, look, there's I mean, there's so many things that we see. um, And it just makes you question everything, you know. And, And like I said, when you have allegations. When you have situations like what happened with Brian Flores, when you have stuff like that going on and they he making allegations about getting a hundred thousand dollars or you know what I'm saying, like will the owner willing to give him a hundred thousand dollars to throw some games for draft positioning? I mean, I, I said, man, I look, I, I I'm sorry, but I, I'm gonna just tell it like it is. Um, I do feel like the NFL has invested interest. I do. Uh, I think that it, it took place back, you know, and maybe, you know what I'm saying, maybe this is sour grapes. Maybe I'm just being a homer, but I felt like it happened back in 2018 where you had a team in like the New Orleans Saints, the lowly Saints, a team that doesn't have a history of winning and success and, and being one of the top teams in the league when it comes to like uh, appeal, right? Those are for the Dallas Cowboys. Those are for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Giants, teams like that, right? When you have a team like the New Orleans Saints who was smacking around. Matter of fact, let me go a little bit further back. When you have a team like the Saints winning the Super Bowl and you had teams like the New Orleans Saints slapping around some of the teams that the the NFL respect and and they want to put up here on a high pedestal. They start slapping them around. Then all of a sudden, here come those allegations about Bounty Gate and throwing, you know what I'm saying, and throwing money at defensive players to hurt other players when this was a practice that the NFL knew about the entire time. They knew about it the entire time. This The Saints weren't the only team that has been accused of doing something like this. The Saints were the sacrificial lamb. They were the sacrificial lamb to show that we're trying to cut down on this. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the Saints were beating up on the teams that they like. And they handicapped the Saints for like three years, right? When when the Saints had those third-round picks, when they was getting guys like Akeem Hicks and, you know what I'm saying, and Nick Toon and stuff like that, it, it crippled the New Orleans Saints. 
it crippled them to a point where they could not find their footing until about 2017 when you see Kamara and Lattimore. But then, you know, a couple of years later, you have the St. Louis Rams with uh, Stan Kroenke moves the team to, uh, to Los Angeles. Los Angeles has not had a football team in years, almost like in the mid to the early to mid 90s. So you have all of this stuff that they have to compete with now. I mentioned this on a few shows. You're competing with the Dodgers. You're competing with the Clippers. You're competing with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even if you go, you talk about Anaheim, you're, you're competing with the, with the Angels. All of these different sporting events, and not to mention, is Hollywood, right? You know what I'm saying? You got movies, and you got superstars, and all this stuff that, that stay out there in California, in the Los Angeles area, and you have to find a way to try to make this thing appealing. How do you do that? You do that by making the team look appealing and how do you make a team look appealing in the national football league they win they win that's just what it is that's what makes a team look appealing to the fans because everybody wants to be around a winner everybody wants to be affiliated with a winner that's why we have grandstanders out here that's why we have bandwagon hoppers out here because they feel like if they attach themselves to teams like that it makes them feel like a winner and I will be lying to you today if I didn't feel like the NFL had an invested interest in, in the Los Angeles Rams, in the Los Angeles market. I'll be lying to you. It is not a coincidence to me that all of these stars are starting to come to this team. How do they get the money? How, they, how are people willing to just give up on these draft picks like this and just send some of their top players to this team? If they start to lose, then all of a sudden here come another guy to show up. You know what I'm saying? You, you got 2018, the controversial nine call that happened in New Orleans. How, I mean, how ironic is it that it happened with a team that is trying to make people invested, emotionally invested in them? And I just feel like watching that game in the last two minutes, they looked at, they had a choice to make. Okay, you have the Los Angeles Rams, right? You have the Los Angeles Rams, a team that is trying to establish themselves in the Los Angeles market. And then you have the Bengals, a blue-collar team that nobody really truly cares about, that nobody expected to even be in this point. That made my mind wander. I know I start to ramble a little bit, but that's just the way that I feel, man. I'm, I'm just wondering to myself, like, are we watching, are we watching big business? You know what I'm saying? Take center stage. You know, I use the example. Like, how do people, like, try to get people – invested uh in a product you know how do they do that they they send samples right they send samples you know what i'm saying they make the they make the item cheaper to try to make it as appealing they they try to make it cheaper they try to make it appealing to a point where people actually try it. you ever been to sam's or costco somewhere like that and they like giving out free samples or something that they about to put out have you ever like uh some people probably have done this have you ever like went to like somewhere where they're actually trying to put something on a market and they make you a taste tester or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been in that type of situation. I do feel that they they put these things together to make themselves look appealing. When you talk about the National Football League, when you talk about this, you know what I'm saying? What, you, what you're doing is you're trying to make a team look appealing to the masses. And by doing that, you, you know, you're, you're allowing this team to like hit center stage. So that, that's just the way I look at it. Alfred, thank you very much for the 499. Said, man, the Minnesota Miracle 
and 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 the blown call in 2018 was eye openers definitely rigged uh if it's quake <laughs> if it quacking like a duck believe it's a duck alfred you know thank you very much but then we have to ask ourselves the question if we know that why are we watching this if we if we're if we know that why do we have so much love for it if we know that then why are people going out here gambling and spending their hard-earned money on it if they know that it could possibly be a fix are they just saying that maybe my number of hit are we going back to the 1930 1940 harlem where you know what i'm saying we just put a number out there we hoping that it hits uh i i don't know look i i i don't know the type of sophistication that takes place but i do know that the nfl is a business and i think sometimes we forget about that in our fandom and it wouldn't like look it, it would not it would not surprise me at all if they are some material motives behind the scenes that we never see just like i never see organizations really going at the owners like it's always the player's fault like it's always the player like the player is hard to get along with the player is a guy that that can't is a lot he's a locker room cancer the, the player is a guy that don't get along with his peers and it's never the ownership you know what i'm saying like i, I feel i find it weird I, I look at it with deshaun watson i look at it with Kyler murray what he's going through today as long as these guys are doing what they want to do i haven't heard any of these stories but then all of a sudden like if these guys get upset with the organization then all of a sudden all of this stuff starts to come out i'm not saying that these guys don't have vices i'm not saying that these guys don't have egos it's football if you have millions of dollars you know what I'm saying and you know you can get and buy anything you want of course you're gonna have some type of an ego but to put these guys on front street like this and and keep the ownership and the, the front office like squeaky clean i just find that very very weird so i do think that there are agendas uh that that take place i do feel like uh they they do have you know they they do want certain things to take place like they want certain teams to be successful they want certain teams to be there in the end right they want certain players to be there in the end you know i i i look at other things you know what i'm saying like not not just about referees when i'm talking about on up and up i'm talking about even with players right i seen a couple of years ago that the the kansas city chiefs took on the san francisco 49ers in the super bowl you know yeah i remember that right i mean the 49ers end up losing, you know what I'm saying, giving up the 10-point lead late in the fourth quarter. And you had Patrick Mahomes, who is an incredible talent, but he didn't play as incredible as he should, and he ended up winning MVP. And then you have a guy like Matthew Stafford who drives down the field, leads his team on, what, a 15- to 16-play drive of between 15 to 17 plays, one or the other, and he leads them down the field for a touchdown, and they give the MVP to Cooper Cup. Like – I'm not saying Cooper Cup wasn't important on that last drive, but I also believe that if we're looking at, you know, if we if that was Tom Brady leading that team, if that was Aaron Rodgers leading that team, if that was Josh Allen that led that team down there, and let's just say for example, uh, Diggs had two touchdowns, right? Let's just say if he had two touchdowns, I don't think that uh, Stephon Diggs would have been MVP. I, I just don't. You know, I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that Matthew Stafford was the best player on the field that day. To me, Aaron Donald should have been MVP. You know what I'm saying? And I think second should have been Matthew Stafford and not Cooper Cup. 
But I mean, I'm just saying based on what has been presented to me, and I'm about to put this graphic up here, folks. I'm about to put this graphic up here and I'm about to compare the two quarterbacks. Okay. All right. Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford. Now these, this is a stat line. Okay. The one above is Patrick Mahomes uh, stats in uh, what a you know, Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He was 26 of 42. 286 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, right? You know what I'm saying? He was sacked four times. He had a quarterback rating of 63.5. Look at Matthew Stafford's stats. 26 of 40, 283 yards, three yards less. He had one touchdown more. You can argue and say that that, that other interception, the second interception, wasn't his fault, and you had a quarterback rating of 60.8. And the only reason why that 60.8 happened was because of this one interception that, that bounced off uh, number 18's hands, right? But then Patrick Mahomes was given the MVP and Matthew Stafford wasn't. So I, I'm just saying, like, what, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing? Okay, what, like, what, what are we actually uh, doing here? I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that Cooper Cup didn't, you know what I'm saying, didn't go out here and ball out. I'm not saying that he wasn't important on his drive, but all I'm saying is if we're doing a comparison, if we're doing a comparison of quarterbacks and how they allow Patrick Mahomes to be MVP of the Super Bowl, and then you had Matthew Stafford with basically the same identical stat line, then you have to explain to me how is it that one quarterback got the MVP and the other quarterback didn't. All I'm saying is they have picks and chooses couple of years ago our hometown guy for those that are from new orleans or louisiana uh you know state of louisiana jacoby jones in that super bowl where the baltimore ravens won Stu returned a, a punt he had another touchdown so he had a he had a receiving he had a receiving touchdown and he had a, a kick return for a touchdown and this dude did not win mvp he didn't win mvp they gave it to joe flacco all, all i'm saying is they have their picks and they have their chooses so we're done the NFL, to me, they they have these narratives, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there were wide receivers in the past who have had better games than quarterbacks. They have. But I'm just wondering to myself, how, how do they decide that? I mean, you can even look at Tyreek Hill. Will we even be talking about Patrick Mahomes? Like, if you look at that one play, right? Let's go back to that Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill had over 100 yards receiving. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. He scrambles to his left and just slings the ball down the field with everything he have. And Tyreek Hill just so happened to be down there all alone by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and who's if if that didn't happen, if that magical play did not happen, who's to say that Patrick Mahomes would even be considered as one of the top quarterbacks as he is today? You you can say some pure luck took place in it, but they gave him. That, that, I mean. Like I said, and I like Patrick Mahomes, but I'm just saying the logic that is used does not make any sense. It just seems like to me like they gave Cooper Cup the MVP and they were more willing to give it to him because we know that the MVP is a, is a quarterback award. They might as well just call it the quarterback award because we know unless you're running for 2,200 yards or you catching eight, uh, 30 touchdowns as a receiver, you're not going to get it. You ain't going to sniff it, Right. Cooper Cup got one MVP vote. So maybe that was their way of, of giving him, you know what I'm saying, like his, his flowers because they know they couldn't give him 
the actual NFL MVP. All there are narratives going on, folks. And I'm not I'm not saying that one person doesn't deserve it. Cooper Cup, you can make an argument and say, yeah, he does deserve it. I'm not taking that away from him. But what I am saying is they're more willing to give guys the keys to the kingdom more so than others. So I do think that everything is not on up and up when it comes to that. And I also think that it had a lot to do uh, with the fact that they talk so much trash about Matthew Stafford not being good enough to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And they can't go out here and eat their words because their credibility on the line and their ego is about the size of, of, of Texas and Alaska put together. That's all I'm saying. All right, let me read some of these comments. The uh, They fixed it, though. The refs, East Crew uh, has a production meeting before games, and the league tells them uh, what to look for. I don't know how true that is. I, you know, I know they have production meetings. I don't know. I, I don't know in, in to what. Uh, I, I don't know, like, how deep or in-depth they get into it, but. I, all I know is, man, it just it just seemed weird to me that they start to throw flags at that particular time. I think it was the right choice. Coop was the MVP. Yeah, look. Oh, look. <laughs> there are sometimes where things are so logical. You know what I'm saying? It just makes so much sense. And we're like, okay, it's pretty obvious. And then there are times when, you know, they don't make sense. Like I gave like two examples. I gave an example of Patrick Mahomes winning MVP. But like I said, if you look at who meant more, it probably was Tyreek Hill in that game. We He would not be a champion today if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill catching that, that prayer that he threw up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, But they were more willing to give him that to me is because they want him or – they feel like he is going to be the, the anointed guy, the, the future face of the NFL. Once you get, you know, you got Brady, uh, you got Breeze, you got Roethlisberger, you got all these, the man is there going. So you need that next generation face of the of the, the NFL. And he's it. So I think they're more willing to give guys that because they feel as if that guy means more. To me, I just think that if this was Brady, if this was Manning, if this was even Breeze, they would have gave it to him. But the fact that it was Matthew Stafford, it would have had to be the media admitting. Because here's how the voting goes. It's 16 guys that, that are handpicked, 16 media guys that are handpicked uh, by the National Football League to vote on the MVP. I mean, that that's just what it is. Like, it, it's those guys. They get together and imagine all of the slander. All of the stuff that's been said about this dude. Now, all of a sudden, you got to go out here and eat your words. You got to go out here and eat crow. And a lot of these guys are, you know, have egos, huge egos, man. And these guys aren't trying to admit that because it's like them taking a shot at their credibility. You know, it's even like one of, one of my favorite people in the world, man, Rob Parker, one of my favorite personalities. Like this man went on a rant yesterday on his show. You know what I'm saying? With him and Chris Broussard. Went on a rant Talking about, man, well, you know, Matthew Stafford, he won. But anybody would have won. Anybody would have won. Like, just basically throwing shade at the dude. Like, it's okay to be wrong. 
it's okay to be you know it's okay to make mistakes it's okay but that's how, that's how they do it man a lot of ego a lot of ego like i said cooper cup i'm not mad at it but i'm saying like if if you're telling me a couple of years ago that patrick mahomes stat line was good enough to win mvp and that game was pretty nick nip tuck too so what's the difference between patrick mahomes and 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 uh matthew staff uh sean payton uh is a gambler i think he uh threw a few games in the playoffs to gain money <laughs> uh i don't think so man as much as sean payton like to win I, I don't see that happening i don't see that happening and, and what would he actually gain from that like seriously what would sean payton gain from that what draft positioning i mean the saints were picking in the 20s that man wanted to win okay Maybe a couple brain farts along the way. I think we'd agree to that. Uh, but I don't think he was throwing games. I, I would not think that about Sean Payton at all. That man liked to win too much. Stafford had two picks. It was a hard choice, to be honest. But like I said, <clears throat> like I said, back in that Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes, he threw two interceptions. You know what I'm saying? Like, those could have been two game-deciding interceptions. And then Damian Williams, they played better. Damian Williams played better than he did in that game. Just like if the Bengals would have won, I feel like Joe Mixon played better than Joe Burrow. They 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 are not they are not uh even taking that lead. They're not even winning that game if it wasn't for Joe Mixon. See, that's that's the thing, man. We we have we go into the game with biases. You know what I'm saying? We go into the game where you know what I'm saying halfway listening. Because we already know how we want to pick and how we want to choose. I mean, to me, if if you're making an argument that Patrick Mahomes' stat line was good enough versus a guy like Tyreek Hill, who went over 100 yards, who was making clutch catch after clutch catch. Now, he didn't get any touchdowns, but you did win the game because of, you know what I'm saying, his efforts. By him, you know what I'm saying, keeping the game alive, keeping drives alive. So... I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Bro Cup definitely deserved the MVP. Uh, let's see. What's up, baby? Love to see uh, you up early, dog. I'm tuned in. What up, King? Uh, King Charles says, so if the Rams lost, would you say they got robbed? What If the Rams lost, would I say they got robbed? Um, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said they got robbed. Because um, with the pass interference, okay, with the pass interference call, and I'm glad Charles asked this um, asked this question because it's exactly what I said earlier in the show. By putting by having that obvious offensive pass interference call, it lobs you to sleep for the last two minutes. That makes sense, right? So if if you're gonna say, oh, that holding call against our linebacker, you know what I'm saying, like on Cooper Cup. Man, that robbed us. As a as a Ram fan, you can go back and say, "Well, what about that offensive pass interference call on T. Higgins?" You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like they gave them that because they knew what they were going to do in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like so, by you asking that question, it is exactly how I feel. You know what I'm saying? The referees or what they they possibly could have been thinking once the last two minutes of that game took place because if you're going to get mad about the holding call you know that that happened on the linebacker 
you have to at the same time understand well you got one we got one but at the same time if we're having a race right and let's just say for example you trip me along the way right you know what i'm saying let's just say we about a mile from the finish line right you trip me oh man i fall i stumble a little bit you get a little lead on me but then as you know what i'm saying we get close to the halfway point almost close to the finish line right I, i'm we neck and neck and then all of a sudden you know what i'm saying you retaliate and you clip me you know what i'm saying but by you clipping me you know what i'm saying you end up winning a race so which one is more egregious they both you know what i'm saying they both are you know what i'm saying egregious but at the same time what you know what i'm saying the one that that clipped at the end was more devastating if i would have clipped you right here you know what i'm saying like at, at that mile mark and then you turn around and clip me and we both fall on the ground get up and start running again it's fair game right it's fair game but you know what i'm saying so all i'm saying is those particular instances happen because it gave two teams or fan bases justification you know to be like okay well you did this to me well you did this to me and now it's like ah we just doing a bunch of complaining we just lost the game makes sense i hope so i, I hope i hope i explained that i explained it to the best of my ability but you know what what i have been mad you know what i'm saying probably probably not you know what i'm saying i guess it, it it would mean more you know what i'm saying if the game is on the line you know it, it meant more for that holding call that, that that meant more to the end of the game than you know that pass interference call uh let's let's see let's stroll up a little bit uh good morning chad and tj i'm just chiming in hope i haven't missed a lot uh not really man we're just asking asking the, well we're answering the question is the nfl on up and up i mean this is not you know some conspiracy theory type stuff but we're just asking a question man because it's looking it's looking real it's looking real funny right now it's looking real funny uh i believe uh i believe like tj said the narrative is already written I think that there are narratives. I think that there are picks and chooses. I think there are favorites. I think there are guys that they want to keep down. That is why I tell people to do their own research. I, I tell people that not to like, you know, be facetious or sound like a jerk, but I'm just saying a lot of the things that we believe as sports fans have been ingrained inside of our minds. And it's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? Like they used there was this um that was this study back in the day. Some of you probably don't know. I'm real big on history. Um, but I don't know if they still do this or not, but <clears throat> they had casinos. Um, and when people were gambling, right, they would have like little soft uh, words behind the music. Somebody would be on the microphone, let's like just say in the security room, and they're saying, keep gambling, keep gambling, keep gambling, keep gambling. Also, um, cigarettes um no disrespect to the smokers out there but in the 60s they used to have these subliminal messages inside of these commercials you know what i'm saying like it would be like this a soft you know what i'm saying deep smooth voice that goes into your subconscious that made individuals want to smoke it, the, the voice that inside that casino makes the people you know what i'm saying subconsciously uh you know what i'm saying want to gamble a little bit more so what i'm saying is I'm not I'm not saying that there's music behind your TV, you know, volume or anything like that, but I am saying 
that when a narrative is given and, and, and punched inside of you and pushed inside of you, it goes into your subconscious and it makes you wonder. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when you have these conversations at the barbershop and when you have these conversations with your friends, you find yourself like repeating the rhetoric that you heard. That's why I say like, look, you know what I'm saying? At the, look at, do, do your research. You know what I'm saying? Like people would talk about Matthew Stafford, but they won't talk about how bad the Detroit Lions have been. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't talk about the curse of Bobby Lane. You know what I'm saying? When he said, the, you know, when he got traded, I want to say to the Steelers. And then all of a sudden he said, the Lions aren't going to win anything. And they have not won anything. You know, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the ineptitude of the franchise. They just say, oh, you're the guy. You should help this team get over. You should help this team get to where they need to be. But they don't talk about how the franchise doesn't make sacrifices in order to put this guy in the best position to win. It's the same thing what we're dealing with with Jameis Winston. When Jameis first became the starter, you had a lot of people that were telling you about things that they probably heard from uh, sports pundits. You know, people probably, you know what I'm saying, not really telling the whole story, but only just saying this to make the guy look bad. You have to start to do your own research. You got to be able to understand, you know, what is actual opinion. And, you know what I'm saying, like people trying to create opinion you know what i'm saying and turning it into facts but but you do that by understanding and, and coming to your own conclusion and not the conclusions of others so there are narratives out there you know what i'm saying long story short there are narratives and a lot of people fo uh, follow those narratives and they carry those narratives with them in conversations in arguments you know and, and, and you shouldn't do that you know sometimes like you you should really sit back and do your own research that's that's just the way I feel about it. The NFL is legally registered as entertainment, just like WWE outcomes are decided far in advance. <clears throat> I don't know if they decided far in advance, Rob, but I will say it's a business. And you do what's best for business. You do what's best to try to line your own pockets, wherever that may be. Beer and alcohol commercials, too. Absolutely. Enlighten yourself to the university of cosmic intelligence. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, just, just take the time and, you know, do your research. So, TJ, are you saying the NFL is rigged? I'm not saying that the NFL is rigged. I'm not, I, I can't say that it's predetermined. But I do feel like there are times where they def, they decide to fade the teams. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I'm just saying, like, the, the referees making these calls. Are deciding the fate of teams when they call in these penalties late in the games they're deciding the fate of uh, uh, you know what i'm saying they're deciding the fate i don't know if they're going like deep like oh you know what i'm saying and, and looking at analytics i don't know if they're doing that or not like okay if you stop this during this particular time there's a 60 percent chance i don't know if they're on some sam beckett uh al dalavici stuff uh shouts out to all my people that know who quantum leap is uh for those that don't probably too young uh you know, Sam Beckett, uh, who was played by Scott Bakula, uh, you know, he would travel from life to life. And um, Al was the observer from, you know, what I'm saying his particular time. And he'll come in and tell him why he leaped into the body of a person. And it would be like certain percentages why he was there. Like it was a 63 percent chance that you're here to try to save this person. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they're going that deep into it, but I will say um uh, the times in which they're throwing these flags 
are hurting and hindering the success of one team and enhancing the success of another. <laughs> TJ, uh, thought of the halftime show, 50 Cent looked like a whole dollar bill out there. Yeah, man, uh, look, this shows you with the time, man. I mean, he got the dad by going, he eating good, probably sitting down, uh, you know, directing all these power series that he have out right now. Um, hey, man, I mean, it, life, life, right? You know, like, everybody, you probably go look back, 15, 16, in your 20s, you're slim, you look fit. All of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you start, you're riding, you, you just got off work, you're tired, you don't want to eat, and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? You're pulling off in that Wendy's parking lot, or you trying to get that McChicken sandwich, you know what I'm saying? It happens, man. It happens. If, you, if you're not careful, uh, you definitely will find yourself merging over and hitting that right uh, that right signal light to turn into that wind, that, that, I about to say wind, Dixie, that Bojangles, that McDonald's, or that Wendy's parking lot. Yeah. So, hey, man, but still, man, 50 is 50, man. Still, he still performed, man. He still uh, has those hits, so shouts out to him. I wanted the Bengals to win. Um, the Rams were the better team. Uh, the only time in the second half that the Bengals came close to scoring was the no call and the pick. Uh, the no call and the late call uh, evened out. Yeah, I think that pretty much says it all. Okay, it was the receipt. But the receipt came at one of the worst times. Uh, you just have to repeat the lie 11 times or more. <laughs> uh, the Bengals had a chance with the ball and didn't uh, convert game over. Good point. Good point. I mean, good point, but still, still, man, like we we can we can talk like that, but I'll I put it like this for uh I'll put it like this to you, no saint. As long as you have people saying stuff like that, like you're saying, and no disrespect to you, you're entitled to your opinion. But as long as you have people saying stuff like that, things will never change. It won't be until a person actually really breaks this thing down and really say okay man there's a problem and you can say oh man they got the ball back but it, man come on bro come on man we seen that offensive line we know this offensive line with trash they know like you man you know the ebbs and flows of the game you know how it goes and you know the chances of that possibly happening of them driving down the field based on what you actually saw throughout the game and i'm not saying once again they're on some analytical stuff but i will say if a team has third down and they make a stop, the other team has to decide if they're going to go for it or kick a field goal or when you got three timeouts. And that is a tough decision to make. So and who knows? If, if they would have stopped going for it down, will you even be having this conversation? Probably not. So I do think that they, I, they, they want us, as the viewer, to really have these type of conversations and debates well, we can kind of agree to disagree and move on. And then, you know, here we go again, watching football. You know what I'm saying? Like, here we go again. You know, like, it, I mean, that, that's kind of like what this is all about. Like, if you look at the storylines, man, it's like the same thing over and over again. I, I'm serious. Like, at the end of the season, it's always about the lack of hiring the black coaches. And then after that is about the Super Bowl, the halftime show. Like, was it good? Was it bad? Then all of a sudden, like, oh, we talk about, you know, the penalties. Oh, man, the referees. Oh, the NFL is rigged. And then all of a sudden we go into the offseason and stuff like that. 
what what our team gonna get and it's just like rinse and repeat and we just do the same thing over and over again and then in reality nothing changes nothing changes and how you know what made me feel this way is because if you have facebook you know like every morning like you wake up and they, they give you like this notification of memories and it was a memory of me and, and Ross Jackson, shouts out to Ross Jackson with Locked On Saints. He was on the show and we were talking about the lack of diversity. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with black coaches a year ago, right? Then I fast forward to two years ago. It's having the same conversation and I was talking in regards to the, the now Saints secondary coach, Chris Richard. It's the same thing over and over again. That, that, that's what they want. They want us to have these conversations. You say one thing, I say another. We all feel like we're sounding crazy right now, so it's time for us to move on. I appreciate the content, TJ. You always give some good knowledge about football as well as life. Salute to you. It's Jay. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Tim, uh, my guy, man, all the way out there in the great white north, Canada, said we need an all-star quarterback for real. Um... Look, I think that Jameis Winston is the answer. I, I do. I, I went into depth. I want to keep on, like some of you, and I appreciate the hell out of this. Some of you listen to this show all the time, so sometimes it sounds like I'm repeating myself. So I don't want to continue to repeat myself, Tim. I know, you know what I'm saying, you probably heard me say this before, but I really just feel like the guy is the answer. I, I really do. I feel like Jameis Winston is the answer. I think you can win with this guy. I think that you can go to the playoffs with this guy. And I strongly believe if Jameis Winston were to stay healthy, who knows how far the Saints would have been. I think the Saints could have beat any team in the playoffs. That includes the Rams. That includes the Rams. Uh, Chosen. Uh, TJ, I agree with the narrative thing. I'm guilty of that with Jameis Winston. When, uh, when he threw 30 interceptions, it wasn't interceptions. He was coming to the Saints. I did my own research on the 30 interception. It wasn't all on him. Uh, Chosen, you know, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it, man. And, uh, man, y'all check out Chosen on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chosen out there, you know, I think his uh, video, you know what I'm saying? Like, Book of Eli, little clip, you know what I'm saying? O over 100,000 views, man. That boy was spitting on, spitting them bars on that thing. But, um, but yeah, Chosen, I mean, look. You got to look at the circumstances. You got to look where a person is at. You got to look at why are, are they lacking? It can be organization. It can be coaching. It, it can be the fact that, you know, the coach is not really paying attention to the needs of that particular quarterback. And I think that was just one of those situations. And as you can see, when Jameis came to New Orleans, he was different. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't out there, you know, throwing a ball all over the place, throwing picks. When he played quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was throwing the ball 35, 40 times. And that's not what you need. And you you add the fact that he didn't have a running game, and you add the fact that he didn't have a, a, a adequate offensive line. It, it hurt. It hurt him. So, and and if you know anybody feels differently, you know, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all just making excuses. They tell me this. Why is it if, if Jameis Winston is trash as they say he is? Why is it that Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, now that Tom Brady has retired, they want this man back? I mean, if he is bad as people saying he is, and he's bad as uh, people are saying, oh, man, Tampa, man, he, he sucked, this, that, and the third. Why is it that you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans lobbying for this guy to come back to the team? Somebody would have to answer that for me if, if you know, 
if he's as that if he's that trash why is it alfred thank you very much once again for the 4.99 says the refs never get held accountable for blown calls the league just come out and say my bad and that's it uh that has to change you know alfred that's the thing that that's the thing we don't know these referees we'll know like the head referee the guy that's saying holding number 56 on the defense you know you know spot foul first down you know we we'll know that guy because his name comes up to me i feel like representation is everything it's almost like you know what i'm saying throwing a brick and hiding your hand if you if you will because if these players i, I never understood this and somebody got to help me out with this if these players after they miss a tackle after they drop a pass after they fumble a football we can go to that player's said Twitter account and go ham on them. Oh, you bum, you trash, you pathetic, man. They need to cut you. I hope they didn't. Man, you're a waste of money. This, 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 that. You know, we can go up there and go ham, honey baked ham on these boys. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we, we can lose our dog on mine. You know, but why is it that we know how to find them, but we can't find a referee? I'm just saying, how is it that we can go right to those players and criticize and ridicule these dudes and beat them into dust to a point where they have to sit, they second guessing themselves game after game? But the referees, I mean, they they just basically get absolved of everything, and we don't even know who these guys are. What I am proposing, what I'm proposing, is that how we they do player introductions, they need to have referee introductions. I ain't saying they need to be out there like, you know, um, Carl Smith, line judge, University of Cincinnati. I ain't talking about like that. I ain't talking about like that. But have these guys on the screen, right? Have them on the screen. Like today's officiating team is such and such. I'm going to be a back judge. Such and such going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, behind the quarterback. Such and such, you know, like let, let us know. Because it's it's totally unfair that these guys – these football players get all this scrutiny and these referees don't get nothing. Like, literally, we literally can pass a referee on the street that caused us so much pain and frustration as, as fans. And we won't even know this dude from a can of paint. They're protected. Well, why are the players not? If, if the players can get all the smoke, then why the referees can't? Somebody have to explain that to me. Yeah, TJ, this for you, man, uh, for being uh, consider, I mean, consistent for so long and keeping our heads up during the good and the bad. <laughs> Hashtag Eli. <laughs> ah, Tim, man, thank you so much, man. Thank you, my friend. Man, Tim, uh, listen, all the way in Canada, man. Shouts out to him, man. Good guy right there. Called the show a couple times. Been on the show a couple times. You know, shouts out to him, man. The man with the greatest name in the world. Tyrell says, TJ, I respect the facts you spit and keep it uh, going. Look, man, I don't know if these are facts or not. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just talking. I, I know, you know, people probably used to me being a little bit more animated, but I'm 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 just having a little bit of a, of a TED talk about this because when people hear the word rigged or they hear the word, you know, not being on up and up or the phrase not being on up and up, it, it you know, people are like, oh, man, I ain't trying to hear that, but I'm just wondering, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. But what I am saying is there's a problem that needs 
to be fixed. It needs to be fixed, man. Can't everybody stop the Rodgers and Wilson conversation? It's not happening. No money. New coach. Get over it. Look, that's a good point. And I'm not even saying if it's about money. And Millie, I'm going to say this, man. And that's a good point. Shouts out to you, my friend. We look at players and we look at these guys for their star power. And that's fine. You know, but if, if it was me, and I'm just saying this, if it was me and we still had money in the salary cap, I'm not I'm not checking for any one of these guys. I'm not. I'm not checking for any one of these guys because we are basically getting these guys for the mere fact of who they are and not what they can bring to the team. I'm going to say that again. We are lobbying for these guys because of who they are, not what they can bring to the team. Because if anything has shown you, if anything is showing you, and when it comes to that Super Bowl, if you put a quarterback in the right situation with talent and skills and ability, and the right, you know what I'm saying, right coaching staff, right front office, right atmosphere, that player can be successful. I do not understand how anybody can see Jameis Winston play, play, and have 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He leaves. Those are the same guys, folks. Those are the same guys that were on the field playing when Jameis Winston was there. And that offense was completely inept after he left. You had Deontay Harris when Jameis Winston was there, looking like a really, like he was looking like Tyreek Hill out there. He was getting behind the defense, scoring touchdowns, big bombs. You had Callaway catching big bombs. You had an explosive offense just for his mere presence. I don't know how anyone seriously i don't understand how anyone out here has not have a different narrative or a different thought about how they see Jameis winston after you've seen him play in the saints uniform and how that team offense looked when he got hurt because somebody gonna have to explain that to me what did you not see from him that can tell you oh well he's not good enough all i'm saying is coaching matters front office matters atmosphere matters leadership matters and if you have all those things on your team like we think the new orleans saints have and i think that they have then how is it that this guy can't be successful what we're doing is what i said earlier we're taking the narrative that has been instilled and ingrained inside of our minds and we're fast forwarding it to the future okay and we are applying that to how we feel about this dude and no matter what he does, no matter what he does, he will never change our narrative or our thoughts about him because our minds are already made up. You ever been in a relationship and things aren't going the right way? Yo, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's start from scratch. Can you really start from scratch? Like, seriously, can you really start from scratch if everybody you know what I'm saying the other person is keep on reminding you of what you didn't do then what the heck are we doing here what, what why are we together why are we in this relationship if you feel like i've reached my plateau why are we still together it's not until you actually have an open mind can a person really prove that they are worthy this dude is proven to me that he is worthy of getting a shot at being the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. He has proven that he can win as a member of the New Orleans Saints. He has proven 
that he can make players look good around him as a member of the New Orleans Saints. Take him being hurt versus him not being, you know what I'm saying, him being there and compare the two. The offense was bad. Don't get me wrong. They, they still was, you know, out there struggling, but they were making some plays. You know what I'm saying? I remember some 30-point games in between. I remember them blowing out the Packers. But when he wasn't there, they weren't doing none of that. Barely, barely hitting the field. The three and out boys, that, as I call them, the three and out boys, that's what they were. We have to stop this, man. We got to stop it. We, we, we do. We, we got to stop it. And I, I, I love me some Russell Wilson. I love, bro, favorite quarterback in the league. But I will not give up Jameis Winston for Russell Wilson. I won't. I will not. You know, and I, I love Russell Wilson. I think that he would be great for the Saints. But I also think that Jameis Winston can be great for the Saints too. I, I think you can win with this guy. Like, we we throw this dude away like he just hot garbage. This man threw 14 touchdowns. Well, he, he threw 13 touchdowns, ran one, and he had three interceptions. Cut down on interceptions. But then we are, oh, well, he ain't throwing the ball enough. He throwing the ball only 20 times. But only 20 times, if he was trash as everybody's saying he is, I don't care if he's throwing the ball 10. I don't care if he's throwing the ball 15 or 20. He going to be throwing these interceptions left and right. So I don't get it. I don't. But we love star power. We love names. And we like what's attached to these names. Because we feel like by having these names, they bring credibility, and it makes us credible too. But to me, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to put this in true perspective. When the Saints signed Drew Brees in 2006, and you had Dante Culpepper out there as a free agent, you probably would have had some people out there be like, man, we need to get Culpepper over Brees. Brees got bitched. Brees not that good. Some people were saying that. Like, some people like, man, I don't know about this dude. I don't know, man. He, he hurt. You know what I'm saying? He damn is good. So you never know. And you never know what a person can do and you put them in the right situation. TJ trying to get someone hurt out here. I feel you, but uh, you can't blast the ref pick. That's like the police releasing all the undercover cop posts. Well, look, I don't think anybody was as upset and frustrated and ticked off at, at a player than Saints fans were with Marcus Williams whiffed on that tackle. I, I, I'm just being serious. Y'all, you know, like nobody was. Man, this dude had to get all of that smoke. I mean, imagine how this dude, like, could have been. Like, this, like your team got a lead. All you got to do is make a tackle, 10 seconds, and you win in a football game. And, and you know, like, think about that, man. And think about all the scrutiny this dude had to do, had to go through. Think about all of the stuff this man had to go through to have his peace of mind. As much as we don't like this dude, think about Eli Apple. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, this man getting all of the smoke, justifiably so. But he getting all of the smoke, man. But we know where to go when this dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, when this dude mess up. Where do we go when these, these referees mess up? Like, man, honestly, man, we, we, we spitting in the wind, basically. I just I just want an equal playing field. You know what I'm saying? I don't want an equal playing field just with the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Just for the coaches. 
just for the players. I want it for the referees too because they're getting none of the backlash. And that's something that I feel like needs to change. The offense went from a bottom 20 uh, to last when Winston got hurt. He is our best choice this year. We need to get him some help. I, I think we do. Get him a running game. Get him some wide receivers that can catch that rock. We'll be all right. Uh, TJ, you are preaching to fans who don't uh, look at football the way you do. Well, look, that, that's that's my – it's not my job for me to, you know, try to change people's mind. I just want to put things into perspective, and I want people to understand, you know, where I'm coming from. Like, I can be, to be talking right now and somebody just rolling their eyes like, man, whatever, man, this dude suck. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um but all I'm saying is the Saints would be fine with Jameis Winston. I, I I don't know what anybody else sees. I just think that we don't we like we draw our own conclusions. We draw our conclusions based on what's already, you know what I'm saying, been said to us or whatever like that. And we don't we're not willing to give guys opportunities to try to right the wrong. I feel bad for those guys. I feel bad for those guys that go to lowly franchises franchises that are trying to rebuild these guys are like number one picks for a reason you know what i'm saying like they, they, they these teams have number one picks for a reason because they suck they're not good like come on man <laughs> it, it'll be one thing if we're talking about the jaguars like how many of us like really follow the jaguars in the nfc south being fans of the nfc south do you really follow the jaguars probably not but you know about tampa and you know about the ineptitude of that organization for years. Yeah, like we we know that we've been putting W's on our schedule when Tampa has came to town of many a years. So how can we hold this dude responsible for not being able to turn around an inept organization that it was just an uphill battle from the get-go? I, I, I when, when people bring up Tom Brady, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, look. If Chosen, if Chosen, you know what I'm saying, my homeboy, Chosen, like in town, right? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Chosen. If Chosen came to my house, like, TJ, man, I'm in I'm in uh, South Carolina, man. I'm going to pass by the crib. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, man, you know what I'm saying? Peep game. Like, this, this, this is my boy right here coming through. I ain't about to go out here and get no brand new couch. I'm not about to go out here and get no new throw rug. I ain't about to go out here and get no, you know what I'm saying, all this extravagant stuff. I'm not. This is my boy. I got a man. You one of the guys, man. Come on over. Now, if my mama come into town, you know and my mama like, man, I'm coming down there for a week for a visit. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, my, you know what I'm saying? I want my mom to feel as comfortable as possible. No, no disrespect to each other, but you know what I'm saying? You know how it is, man. This is your boy versus this your mom. You want her to feel as comfortable as possible. You know what I'm saying? You want her, like, look, mom, you can have my bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you can look. Look, I, I just got this new college model. You want you to be comfortable. Look, you, you like this rug right here? You know what I'm saying? I'm going out here getting all the things that she like, all that stuff. I say that to say this. Jameis Winston was like chosen. He one of the boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, come on in here, man. We got this thing going right here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get this thing on and popping, right? Tom Brady is like my mom. We trying to roll out the red carpet for it. You know what I'm saying? We trying to roll out the red carpet for Tom Brady, for my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to make her feel as comfortable as possible. So we're going to go out here and get an offensive line. We're going to go out here and get Leonard Fournette in the running game. We're going to go and get Antonio Brown. We're going to go get Kristen Wirfs. We're going to try to go get, you know what I'm saying, somebody to try to, 
you know, solidify the backfield and, and, and Winfield. And, you know what I'm saying? And we got Carlton Davis. We're going to try to do everything within our power to make things as comfortable as possible for you. It's different. It's different. It hit different. When Tom Brady comes to town, your energy changes. Your, your energy changes, man. You know, so that's, that's just the way that I look at it. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I like to use analogies. And once again, Chosen, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not like, man, I'm like, man, forget this dude, man. But look, if you're one of the boys, man, if this your homeboy, your homeboy say, man, I'm down the street, man, I'm be there in five minutes. Man, you ain't going out there and get no broom. You ain't get, like, no matter how messy your house may look at that particular time, you, you might, man, come on in. You're like, yeah, come on, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, my bad, man. Excuse the bad, though. You want to play this game? Then nobody cares. But when your mom come through, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you're, you come through and your, your house messy and your mom like, oh, baby. You know what I'm saying? What you doing? <laughs> oh, baby, what you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with your house, man? You know, so you go try to go the extra mile uh, for moms, man. But let me go ahead and um read a few more comments. I'm going to read a few more comments, and then we'll get up out of here, man. Uh, DA says, TJ sees Ruiz. <laughs> ah! TJ sees Ruiz. What is your opinion on what to do with Hill? I, I've seen, obviously, no progress in Hill again this year. DA, uh, we, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you definitely need to bring somebody in to compete with him. Got to have somebody that can compete with him um you got to give him all look he's a first round pick so you got to exhaust all your resources in order to try to make him better but i do think that iron sharpens iron you have to get yourself somebody that's going to go out here and compete with him and really bring out the best in him uh me me personally um if the if if the saints don't uh keep teron armstead which i'm pretty sure they probably won't because he probably would demand too much money um, I think they're probably going to end up getting like a, a, a tackle or something like that in a draft or a, a, a hell. They might end up uh, keeping Landon Young, who I like a lot. OK, Landon Young might be that guy at tackle to replace to Ryan Armstead. Now, I know he played tackle a little bit when he was at Kentucky. He slid in a little bit to play guard. If you find yourself a tackle to replace uh, to Ryan Armstead, Landon Young is going to be a problem. Okay, Landon Young is going to be an issue because I've seen him play. And I think he played against the Carolina Panthers, and he was pancaking guys. And I just think that, you know, with more experience, he's going to get better. And he ended up getting hurt and, you know, messing his, uh, I want to say his knee up. He was out for the season. But you have to bring somebody in to compete with him. Uh, if, if he doesn't do, do what you need him to do, then he needs to be on the sidelines. You can't trade for him because, honestly, man, like, who going who to buy those magic beans? Seriously, who's gonna buy those magic beans that are Caesar Ruiz? Not me. Okay, I'm not. I'm not buying magical beans. All right. The the best thing that you can do at this particular time is try to make him better. You're not gonna get anything. You can't get two proofs of purchase off the back of a cereal box for this dude right now, man. You couldn't get uh you couldn't get a sausage egg and cheese biscuit for this dude right now, man. You couldn't get a, a pack of jawbreakers for this dude right now. And I, you know, and I'm not wishing bad on this dude, but it is what it is. He's terrible. He's whiffing on tackles. He lacks confidence. His footwork needs work. It looks as if, you know what I'm saying, I'm watching Michael Jackson on the 25th anniversary of Motown, the way he's sliding back. He, he's not seeing the field. 
he's not seeing the field at all. And like I said, he's extremely clumsy. Like when he's the guy that's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, the the lead block, you know what I'm saying, for you know, for a stretch play, you know, with with uh with Kamara. He's slipping on the ground. Like, come on, man. Like, you gotta be physical at the point of attack. And he is not. He is not, man. He 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 is not. He has to get better. And in my opinion, you're not gonna get anything for him. So you gotta get this guy where he needs to be. Or find somebody that's gonna do it. What's wrong with the NFL being rigged? If it's for entertainment, <clears throat> why? Uh, I mean, we don't get mad to see for being scripted. Um, that's because we fans, man. We got emotional investment in a team. You know, like it's like if somebody, you know, what I'm saying you fall in love with somebody, and then somebody say, "Well, I'm sorry, I'm married," or I know you. I know we we love each other, but I have to say, um, I was just playing a role. How would that make you feel? Some of us be too cool for school, man. Forget that chick, man. Forget that dude. That's how we are today, right? Because nobody cares about anything. But I'm talking about for the people that are, you know, that feel this way. If you're in love with somebody, and that person says, "Oh man, I'm not in love with you, oh man," it was just a, it was just a ruse. Imagine how that would make you feel, right? So. What would you feel? Would you continue? That's the question. Would you continue to waste your time with somebody that doesn't love you the way that you love them? Would you? Okay. So if the NFL is rigged, why waste our time? Why waste our time if we know that there's levels to this? That if there's a cash system, if it's a money making pyramid scheme, why would we want to waste our time rooting for a team that we know has absolutely no chance of winning? I, I just I'm just wondering. You, you're probably not, to be honest with you. I'll buy those magic beans for a dollar, TJ. <laughs> Look, man, uh he he's for what they gave up, he's worth more than that. So you want to get some type of return on investment. We'll be looking a lot different moving forward. Uh, Cajunomics uh, says, uh, I can't say rig, but I absolutely was influenced. That's a good word. I'm going to use that. That's a good word. That's the best That's that's the best uh, adjective I, I can use to describe what I'm talking about here. Influence. I like that. How do you go all game long without calling anything and then make a highly questionable call when the game matters most under two minutes to give a first? That's a good, like, I like that. Influence. Yeah. I, and I, and honestly, to answer your question, Cajunomics, I have absolutely no clue. Yep, Murray uh, looking a uh, hell of good in Baltimore. Well, I didn't think they should have got rid of him in the first place. But if they get rid of him, we wouldn't have Mark Ingram back. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that. How did Pete go to all them Pro Bowls? He's terrible. At pass protection. Make sure that we're saying this. At pass protection. At run blocking, he's one of the best. I know people don't want to hear that. I know people don't want to hear that by Andrews Pete, but Andrews Pete is one of the best run blockers in the NFL, right? If it, it were just, you know, Andrews Pete just out there, if if Andrews Pete played for the Tennessee Titans, he would be an all pro. Because if you block it for Derrick Heron, he's going to open up some lanes for you. So, He's a really good run block. Like, 
above, like above, like like top five, top five in run blocking. I know some people are like, man, what the hell is you talking about, TJ? But I'm talking about run blocking, pass protection. I mean, he's sliding back like his, like like I said, like like Michael Jackson, you know, like moonwalking. He is a terrible. He's terrible at pass protection, but he's a hell of a run blocking. And I'm pretty sure when you're watching that tape and you seeing him uh, peeling back a defensive end and decleating him and pancaking him and opening up holes for, uh, you know, Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara to run through, you like, man. So I definitely understand that. Boost Mobile, prepaid boy, you're lacking with coverage. This dude is sick. I need more of his music in here. Oh, man. Yeah, man, uh, he, he definitely was a... Uh, he definitely was spitting on that. Facts, TJ, Pete, a huge guy with good run blocking, pass blocking. He gets exposed a lot. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Jerry said, facts, TJ, Davenport, now we're uh, a physical team uh, more than finesse now. Yeah, and I think we're going to be even more uh, of a of a physical team now. You know, when, when a, a coach is a, a defensive coach, a defensive-minded coach, for the most part, teams end up being a little bit more physical because they mimic that coach. And uh, I expect for the Saints to be more run-oriented and being more defensively physical. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Saints uh, are going to do. Uh, but I want to thank you all for taking out the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, I want to acknowledge the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, uh, Manscaped.com. Uh, been rolling with uh, Manscaped.com for about a year now, man. So shouts out to them. Uh, it says exciting news across from our friends at Manscaped. Just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped, the leader in male grooming, and have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their new performance package 4.0. By going to manscaped.com, using that promo code State of Saints, you will save 20% off. Man, I'm telling you, the Lawnmower 4.0, it is a good product, man. They got uh, the Weed Whacker, you know what I'm saying, that's available. They also have the, ult the Ultra Smooth Package uh, deal going. 20% off of your purchase by going to manscaped.com, using the promo code, all lowercase letters, State of Saints. All right? Uh, I mean, special shout out to everybody that uh that purchased Manscaped products and also everybody that's been here checking out the podcast. Thank you. The only thing I ask you is you hit that like button. Let everybody know that you enjoyed the State of the Saints podcast. Enjoyed this conversation. And uh I want to say thank you to um I want to thank you, uh, say thank you to DraftKings as well, the Pigskin Podcast Network. The uh, you can check the Pigskin Podcast Network out. Uh, the State of Saints podcast is the Saints representative on their on their uh, on their station, and um, you can check out the previous episodes of the State of the Saints podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Uh, go to social media, Facebook.com, uh, search the State of the Saints podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, you can check me out on Twitter at tjay jones eight. Till next time. All I got to say is, who that?